Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, brought to you every third Tuesday monthly at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. UK Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Aetherius Radio Live invites you to discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium Dr. George King between 1954 and 1997. Be prepared for another amazing show covering fascinating topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, and the next master, life on other planets, and much, much more. Today, on Aetherius Radio Live, your hosts are Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blades, and they will be discussing Realize Your Inner Potential Through King Yoga. So without further ado, I give you Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blades. Gosh. Thank you very much, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, she's the boss, isn't she, Chrissy? Really, of this program? Absolutely. We just she said, tells us what to do, and we just do it, right? We turn up. Yeah, absolutely. We turn up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my great pleasure today. Um, this show of King Yoga, realize you're in a potential through Ying, King Yoga to have on the show uh, our host, our co-host Richard Lawrence, who's also the co-author. Of this book. Now, this is a fantastic book, and we're celebrating at the moment the launch of the new edition of Realize Your Inner Potential, which focuses on the path of spiritual service called King Yoga. And this is the subtitle of this new third edition. Now, Richard, you co authored the book with the spiritual master, Dr. George King, in the latter part yeah. of his life. It would be mm-hmm. very interesting for us to hear how exactly this came about. Sure. Um, we'd, uh, I think we've talked before about the other book that I was privileged to co-author with Dr. King, Contacts with the Gods from Space. And that yes. was his idea. I think it was in 1995 that he actually suggested that book. And he uh, invited me to co-author it with him, which was a complete surprise to me. Uh, I didn't think I would be invited to do such a wonderful thing. I'd written a couple of books before. Uh, his exact words were, you seem very prolific. Why don't you write a book with me? So that <laughs> book we did, and, and it, was, uh, it was published the following year, 1996. So that turned out to be the last book actually published in his lifetime. And you will remember, I'm sure, Chrissy, in the autumn of 96, there was quite a big tour done uh, around contacts with the gods from space, not just in Britain, but in America too. And yeah. we, um, in, over here, we went to 22 cities, actually, up and down the country. And we were getting wow. you know, big audiences, two, 300, and so on, some places. It was a very topical thing. It was the time of the X-Files being a very big program as well, in the, and it was strongly in the media. And it was just a great success, and it warmed his heart. And he sent absolutely beautiful emails about it. He said, it's wonderful, 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 wonderful. He loved it. Um, and so in the midst of all that, it sort of occurred to me, so we'd now be about the fall, as you'd say, or the autumn, as we'd say, of 96, uh, that we, sh- we need a practical book because Contacts with the Gods from Space it really covers the sort of background to the Ethereum Society and some of the high points and the main points of the teachings. You can't cover them all in one book, but some of those, that was the idea of it, and introduces people to him a bit uh, as, as in terms of as a medium, not him personally so much, and but it's not practical. And so it occurred to me anyway: we need a practical book. It's what people are crying out for, something people can actually do. And so I sort of put this proposal to him right in the middle of this tour that we do another mm. book along those lines. Well, it, unbeknown to me, he had been talking along those lines for some while with mainly with his, his, his aide, Brian Kniep. As you know, he's now the secretary. He's appeared on this program of, of the American headquarters. But at that time, he was his aide in Santa Barbara, California, where Dr. King lived. And he'd been very, very focused on the fact that people needed to do spiritual practices, and especially in the future when he was no longer with us. And this would turn out to be, what, about 
eight, nine months before he actually did pass on. And so it was absolutely in tune with the sort of way he was thinking. I, I, it'd be my opinion that I sort of picked it up from him rather than he got it from me. But I put it down in writing and he approved it on the same day, which was extremely unusual wow. for him. Um, yeah. And so just like I worked on a synopsis and got it all together and then flew over to California at the end of the year and into the new year. And in fact, I think he wrote the preface to the ba- that book actually on his birthday of that year, really? 90, the last mm. year of his life, 1997. I'm just actually checking in the book now to make sure I'm putting the right. Yes, it's dated January the 23rd, 1997. And he went. He wasn't well, as you know, Chrissy, and, and list, some listeners will know at that time at all. And he he had a grueling schedule considering he wasn't well. But despite all that, and he was still in touch with the Cosmic Masters, you know, and on call 24 hours a day, even despite his health, which you know, they, were, they were careful with that, but they still would contact him if the world required it. But despite that, he put a lot of time and energy into this project. And he went through the whole synopsis, the whole structure of the book, every single practice in it, one by one, and even added in some more mantras, for example, and gave uh, advice on how they should, certain things should be presented. And he wrote the preface, and then he wrote, left a notarized document that this book should be written by me, um, uh, on, you know, it's by him, but me as his co-author, and completed if he should uh, pass on before it was finished. And he did pass on probably somewhere in the middle of writing it, about halfway through, and then it was completed, and then it came out the following year. The first edition came out in 1998. Well, thank you for sharing how it came about. That's very, very interesting. And mm. it, it just seems like it was this book was meant to be, doesn't it? it the fact that you yes, were I mean, one, proposing it mm, at the same time. Indeed. I mean, one thing I would say is that he was very enthusiastic about it. Um, mm. and, and I remember him saying to me, well, this, could, this could really be the one. You know, he, he was a tremendous enthusiast anyway. And yeah. from my observations, if, if anything, um, he was more enthusiastic about it than he was about the first book, which was his idea, actually. I mean, he was enthusiastic about the first book, and he loved the tour. Yeah. But when we were working on this, it really, he really was so cooperative and helpful and... You know, while I was over there staying with him in Santa Barbara, then he'd reminisce about, um, you know, some of his early yoga experiences. And um, he he was really with the whole spirit of it. And interestingly enough, actually, Brian uh, wrote what was a postface. You don't often get postfaces in books, but it's the opposite to a preface. It comes at the end. And in it, he included a fax that... um, Dr. King had written on May the 2nd, 1996, which obviously I'd seen. So maybe that was a factor in me getting this idea as well. And it might be a good idea, Chris, if I I read this fax out, it must be one of the last statements he really made. I mean, he made a lot of statements, but this is one of the the latter ones he made to the Ethereum Society. It would be just over a year before he passed on. It was a fax, and it was read out to all the members around the world. And this is how it went. Accomplishments are becoming more and more difficult for spiritual workers all over Earth. As the amount of good performed by an individual or organization increases, so too does the degree of difficulty. This does not mean that those working for the good of the world should stop. It means the exact opposite. An individual is never given a task they are not capable of. This is a law of God. With perseverance, enthusiasm and hard work, you can succeed. Each success in these days is beautifully glorious, not only to you and I and the world, but also to the divine plan. It is now time for all spiritual workers to strengthen their karmic armor by increasing their spiritual practices. The practices of Ethereus, deep breathing, recitation of holy mantra, attendance at services and study of your holy works are more essential than ever before. It is time to rally around your chosen spiritual organization with renewed vigor and light. With help from all of you, we will prevail. Go always with God. Mm, that's a wonderful fact. Isn't it? Mm, so positive. And it was. Pointing out the difficulties that people are facing and how to overcome yes. them. Very, 
Excellent. Indeed. I mean, it's an Thank interesting you, thing. I, I, I was sort of reflecting, Chrissy, on, on the very first transmission, actually, that was ever published. Um, and that would be in Cosmic Voice, Volume 1. That would be in 1955. And it's the first thing in that, I believe. There might be an editorial, but it's the, certainly the first transmission in that first volume. And it's a transmission by the Master Etherius. And it's about the first spiritual push of modern times. We've talked about spiritual pushes before. From memory, I might be wrong here, but I think it was June the 5th, 1955, I believe, that it was delivered. Um, and, but also, the interesting thing to me also, I was thinking the other day, is that in that self-same transmission is the water-charging practice, which is one of right. the practices of Aetherius, of course. And some people will know that, and that's one of the practices in Realize Your Inner Potential, and also in the book, The Practices of Aetherius. And it's a wonderful practice. I've done it today. I mean, it's, it's, it really does work. But what's interesting to me is here you had one of the greatest cosmic events ever reported to Earth, really, a spiritual push for the first time, certainly in modern times. But also, the Master Aetherius considered it important enough to mention this practice, which is really for individuals to, to spiritualize themselves, which on the face of it is a far, far less important thing, but it, and is a far less important thing, but it shows the balance, I believe anyway, of the Master Theorist right from the beginning in illustrating cosmic global service, cosmic service, this is the priority, but also you have to spiritualize yourself. Oh, that's a very interesting point. Yes, the very first mm. one. I didn't realize that, Richard. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. What? I mean, I sort of came upon it the other day. In the book, something that really struck me as being very interesting, Richard, in your new introduction to the third edition, you talk about mm. the difference between a book by an expert, say an expert on breathing exercises, which are a part of this book, or say an expert on visualization, but you say how different to be taught by someone who's not only an expert, as Dr. King was, mm. but also a mm. master. Now, we'll, f we'll find millions of, or hundreds of books out there, people claiming to be experts. So what, yes. what, makes, what is the difference here? Can you elaborate on, on what you mean by this? Yeah, sure. And that, that actually is the introduction to the second edition. And it's still, and, and, oh, and right. the point definitely stands. No, it's a very, it's a, I'm glad you mentioned it, because um, I suppose uh, the difference is that an expert is drawing their conclusions through you know, their own deductions. But a master knows. And a master has experienced it himself personally. And he, I mean, he has really taken uh, yoga, I, I feel, to vastly new levels. I mean, you know, he's, he's completely updated it. He's completely revolutionized it, whatever word you care to use. And... I mean, particularly karma yoga, which was, you know, really, I mean, even people I greatly admire, like the Swami Vivekananda, for example, uh, and, and the first the book, the first thing that really affected me before I even heard of the Aetherius Society was a book by Swami Vivekananda called Raja Yoga. But his book on karma yoga, to be honest, is mild, is, is pale, whatever the word is, compared to the teachings of Dr. King and even a, a great work like the Bhagavad Gita. Now that, it, it, on this topic of karma yoga, doesn't come close, in my opinion, to the, the, what he's done with it, which is karma yoga, I'm calling it karma yoga in overdrive, actually, which is mm. King Yoga. Like um, mm. But, you know, so that, that though, that kind of knowledge, that kind of ability can only come from someone who knows. It can't just come from an expert who might study a subject brilliantly. It, it's, it's got to come from uh, a, 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 a someone who's truly inspired from, a, from his divine self. Well, thank you so much. Um, you talk about this, this new yoga, king yoga. No, most, most people listening, most listeners will obviously know about yoga. Everybody does, mm. but they tend to think of Hatha Yoga uh, um, mainly, mm. although you bring in Karma Yoga and Raja Yoga, etc., which are quite well known mm. as well. And you, yes. you talk about how this is like Karma Yoga and Overdrive. I love that. But why do you think yeah. um, a new yoga had to be introduced? I mean, why do you think King Yoga is important now? Because all the other yogas you know, that we know are, lead to the same place, if you like. 
I was thinking about that today. Actually, it's it's kind of in, in as far as I see it, like the wheel is obvious when you know it, but if you didn't have it, it might, it might not be, you know. And right. when knowing what we now know with King Yoga, and what uh, you know, you and I are privileged to learn from Dr. King personally, as well as through his teachings, um, it's kind of obvious once you know it. But before, it wasn't obvious at all. And so, you know, I, I think that. What he did with it was, I mean, there's several things he did. I mean, let's just take one thing. In the past, and I, but I'm not going too far back in the past, in the 20th century, a great, great teacher, a wonderful teacher like Swami Sivananda, for example, he would say and did say that every student should choose the path which suits their temperament to enable them to find enlightenment in the most readily suitable manner. So if you are perhaps, he would say, more intellectually inclined, you might gravitate to Nani Yoga, the yoga of wisdom, and to logically, using your logical abilities, grapple with the, the deeper aspects of truth and wisdom. If you were perhaps more, I don't know, I don't want to say emotional, but let's say devotional, that's a better word, um, loving, right. focused, you might gravitate to back to yoga in the traditionally that would be towards your own guru, but it, it, it could be towards the human race, your fellow man in general. Um, if, on the other hand, you are perhaps a more psychically inclined, mystically inclined, uh, intuitively driven individual, you might gravitate, for example, more towards the peace and meditative approach of Raja Yoga. It's a very demanding path, that one. But, you know, it's also an inward-looking path, uh, and so on. Those are three of the great yogas. There are many others. Kriya Yoga is taught by Yogananda and, and many others. Uh, but he would say, you know, choose the one. Now, the Karma Yoga one, would, he would have said, and, and it would have been said for thousands of years, would be mainly for the person who, you know, is burdened, as they would have seen it, or many of them would have seen it, by family and work, I know that wouldn't be seen that way by most people today, but they would regard those things, traditionally anyway, as a bit of a limitation as compared to the sannyasin right. who didn't have family and didn't have a job. <laughs> um, yeah. But so the karma yogi would have to work his way through his commitments, his duties, his responsibilities to family life, to working life, to earning a living, being a farmer, whatever, a householder, whatever that person is, but detach from the fruits of that and therefore discover their inner self, be focused internally on, on their own enlightenment through this role, this path of detachment. And eventually many of them, particularly the men, because it was very sexist, of course, in the old days, in, in, in those traditions on the whole, not always actually, they, they would then sometimes when they're older sort of pass, leave the family and then become a sannyasin when those obligations have been fulfilled. Um, usually leaving the wife there to look after things. Right. But um, but that sort of view of karma yoga is really a million miles from what, what Dr. King was coming up. First of all, for a start, he didn't say, well, you know, look and see which yoga suits your temperament. He said, look and see which yoga you can change the world with, you can help others mm. with the most, whether it suits your temperament or not. I mean, it didn't particularly suit his temperament, by the way. I mean, he, he makes no bones about that. It was a difficult transition for him personally, having done Raja and Nani, those two especially, and Nani being, as far as he was concerned, for the meditator, not for the intellectual per se. He took it to a sort of higher level in that respect. Um, that was it would have been his chosen path that would have suited him perfectly he was a logical logician he was a highly inspired individual but he made the transition because the world required it and did it a hundred percent and as you know 24 hours a day there's a rather, rather wonderful quote actually which is in the book it's been in the book before this edition uh, by dr albert schweitzer great humanitarian and it reads right. like this I don't know what your destiny will be, but one thing I do know, the only ones among you who'll be really happy are those who've sought and found how to serve. 
Um, and I think that's something. So he he so that was the first thing. How can you? And of course, Schweitzer did that. I mean, he was a brilliant organist, brilliant theologian, but he thought I can help people more by learning medicine. It doesn't matter whether I yeah. like playing the organ or studying the, the scriptures. That's mm. what can help people. So he, that's why he became a doctor. That's why he helped lepers and so on, and all that he did. Um, and that's the sort of approach now. So that's the, one of the big changes. It's not suit you, it's to suit others. And then, of course, karma being what it is, that must suit you. And on the path of karma yoga, you use all those attributes, the intellectual, the devotional, the logical, uh, you know, the, the, the intuitive, the mystical. They all come in, the psychic uh, as well, if, if it, the psychic if it's needed, um, and, it, and often it can be. They'll come in as well. So it, it's a, that's one very, very different approach. And I think the other one is the focus on not fulfilling your own duties and responsibilities through work, but focus on how can I help others the most. Very different approach. There's a massive change to what was perceived to be karma yoga for thousands of years, really. That's very fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. So you, you could say that king yoga, if you like, is the yoga for this Aquarian age and therefore the yoga for the next, you know, over 2,000 years. Uh, not yes. to say, I suppose, that people still wouldn't be practicing the other yogas too. Um, but one mm-hmm. thing that is very, very appealing about king yoga, I think, is because it is for the world, it's something that everybody can do. It's like, I like to say, no physical postures required, really, except for minimum mm, ones. That's uh, true. Breathing that's exercises. True. So I think yeah. it's, I mean, everyone, would you agree, whether they're young, old, whatever state of health they're in, they can practice this. I absolutely would agree, and I also would point out that you know there is a law which the master of theorists has described, and he said what you reject is laid at your feet. So even though you're not setting out to choose the thing which suits your temperament the best, you're setting out to choose what helps the world the most, you must, by that law, be given the opportunity to find an outlet for your own approach and in karma yoga you can i mean there's so many ways you can make a big difference and your skills your talents your abilities can of course find their expression if you're putting the service first and you're unconditional about it i mean this is a quote from dr king which is in the third edition actually of all the yogas i have studied karma yoga is the greatest yoga of all it is karma yoga which will save the world The other yogas are necessary to obtain the powers and to get the inspiration. But then you must use your powers and inspiration for the benefit of all. They must be brought into living manifestation in order to be of any good to the world. I I just don't think you'd find in the old days somebody saying karma yoga will save the world even. Um, You know, it's a a very different approach, but it's an approach using all the yogas. And in Realize Your Inner Potential, you have Nani Yoga, Raja Yoga, Bhakti Yoga, elements from Kriya Yoga, um, elements from Mantra Yoga, and much more. I mean, it's Pranayama and so on. One could go on. It's, um, It's all in there, but the focus is King Yoga, service to others. I think another really wonderful thing about the book, Richard, is that um, it's set up as a series of initiations. And now you explained why this book is much more powerful than if it had been written by someone who is just an expert. Well, of course, Dr. King was an mm-hmm. expert, but also a master. But this series mm-hmm. of initiations, it's almost as if the person reading the book was actually there with the master, Dr. George King, uh, and being personally given the initiation. And I think this is a wonderful thing. Is, can you elaborate on, on that, Richard? Yes, I think that's, that's very interesting you say that, Chrissy, because as the author, it's hard to judge that. But, I mean, that would be the greatest possible thing, I think, that this book could do, that the student themselves, who is being initiated by Dr. King through this book, no question about it, yes. because he approved each one of those initiations in the order that they were written with the practices they contain, uh, he gave those practices either himself or as a medium for the Master Etherius from his own knowledge or from his own abilities. He devised certain things and it's all in there. And so you are being initiated by Dr. King when you study, realize your inner potential. And if 
then you become a student of Dr. King. I mean, I remember, I don't know about you, Chrissy, when I first read a little book called Contact Your Higher Self Through Yoga, and I was up at uh, university in Hull, and I was practicing it um, two or three times a day, I felt even then that I was a student of Dr. King. Um, he was alive, but I had no prospect in my mind of meeting him, never by mind getting close to him and so on has happened later. Well, that wasn't my thought. But I was already a student of his, and he doesn't have to be alive for you to gain a connection with him, physically alive, because he's very much alive. And many people have had visions of him. Even recently, people have had visions of him. He's very present. Um, but he's... You, you can gain that connection with him. If you gain that connection with him as your master, you made that decision, that choice, by following his initiations and his practices, that's the greatest thing the book could do, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of I anything agree, better that could happen to you, really. I agree. It's so important. I was rereading it and, and really had the feeling of our master. And, and this is something I know new people, mm. they often say, oh, I wish I could meet Dr. King. But I honestly would say that the way it's written, and thanks for that, Richard, and your part in that, it kind of draws you right in. It's almost as if you're in his presence, and he is actually, as you say, actually giving you the initiations. It's very, very amazingly written, I yes. have to say. Well, let's, and just so readers are clear, I mean, I'm guessing here, but I would imagine that at least half of it is him and not me. Yes. Something in that order. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I may have my proportions wrong, but there's a lot of direct material by Dr. King in that book. It's not all me just yes. saying what he said to me. Or You've got it direct mm -hmm. from him in his language as he spoke it. We went through many, many uh, transcripts of different lectures he'd given over the years to, to get the suitable ones for this book to put over his take on it. So you're getting that from him and, and, and in his inimitable style. Yeah, exactly. And... It contains just so much, you know, it's like a cornucopia, I was thinking of spiritual development practices, Good word. which also teaches how to help the world, yes. It, you know, I was <laughs> looking at it from aura cleansing to positive thinking to dowsing with a pendulum to yoga breathing, mystic visualization, dynamic prayer, there was healing with color, mantra, and then the more advanced techniques as well. So it really contains everything. If you wanted to get one handbook on spiritual development it really is this a student on the spiritual path um, really needs this to get to get them going and whatever I think whatever level and you know we're on the spiritual path still you can gain so much from this absolutely and you can gain so much from listening to Nikki's announcements don't you think as well oh absolutely which aren't they due at this moment Thank you very much, Chrissy and Richard. Yes, we do have a few announcements today. You are listening to A Serious Radio Live with hosts Chrissy Blaze and Richard Lawrence in this fascinating show, Realize Your Inner Potential Through King Yoga. We are very pleased to announce that this exciting new third edition of Realize Your Inner Potential Through the Path of Spiritual Service, King Yoga, is available via the following websites, ethereus.org and richardlawrence.co.uk. This is also available in book form on its own and also with a DVD insert, so do get one of those if you haven't already. Also available for further study from the Ethereus Society's website are various publications available as both printed books and e-books by Dr. George King, including The Nine Freedoms and The Twelve Blessings, and also available are lectures on CDs, some of which can be downloaded. Every Saturday and Sunday, you can join in with the live online services, and to find out more, please visit 12blessings.org, and that's 12 in digits. There is a lot happening in both the UK and the USA, so please bear with me as I start with the UK first. At the Aetherius Temple in London on Saturday, August 20th, there is a You Too Can Heal workshop, which is highly enjoyable and interactive, in which you can learn the King Technique, published in the book The Magic of Healing. For more information, please visit the website london-temple.org. On Saturday, August 27th in the UK, pilgrimage to three holy mountains have been arranged separately. They are Kinderscout in Derbyshire, Penny Fan in South Wales, Yestor 
in Devon. So whichever of these holy mountains you'd like to visit, you can get full details on ethereus.org. On Tuesday, August 30th, at the Ethereus Temple in London, there will be a lecture on karma and reincarnation given by Mark Bennett. So that'll be an interesting one and starts at 7 p.m. Now to the events in the USA. On Saturday, August 20th, there's the annual World Peace Pilgrimage to Mount Baldy, Southern California, and details can be gained on worldpeace.com. We are very pleased to announce also that Brian Kniep, Executive Secretary for the USA and a disciple of the Yoga Master Dr. George King, will be visiting Michigan later this month and will be giving a class, The Practice of Presence. This takes place at the Michigan branch of Royal Oak on Saturday, August 27th, and that starts at 1.30 to 4 p.m., so that's going to be a real initiation. On Thursday, September 8th, Chrissy will be giving a lecture titled Mother Earth Reconnecting with Her Sacred Power. This starts at 7.30, so that's another one not to miss. So for further information on those activities, please visit ethereusmi.org. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to return you to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Oh, I thought Nikki was going to take up the whole rest of the show there, Richard, didn't you? Yeah, I think she's got the job, don't you? <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> lots going on. Indeed, that's great, that's great. Always lots going on in the Ethereum Society. Yes. Richard, in this half yes. of the show, did you want to talk about um, the book itself or, or the some of the fantastic quotes in the book? Yes, well, I, I mean, I'm happy to do either. I mean, one of the things those who, ha who have a second edition copy might remember is that we devoted some of the pages, the single pages, to quotes by various great writers, such as Sir Francis Bacon or the great artist and sculptor Michelangelo and different people. They're a very good selection of quotes, Goethe and so forth. But in this edition, I thought, well, no, let's just keep it to the Master Theorius, Mars Sector 6, and our own master. So the, the quotes on single pages, there are other quotes within the text, um, are all devoted to either our master, the master theorists, or Mars Sector 6. And I think that, Chrissy, sort of and somehow raises the book, and that's no you know, a, a disrespect to any of those writers or, or artists or whatever, but it does take it to a, a sort of a higher, more cosmic level, let's put it that way. Right, yes, absolutely. Did you want me to uh, read the quotes? And, uh, By all means, yes. By all means, yes. Well, the first quote uh, is by the Master Sirius, and he says, Reach inwards and upwards to the light there, so that you can give this light to others. You cannot give it to others unless you realize it. Yes, I thought that was a gem, Chrissy, to start the book with. Um, yes especially the words realize it. And by the way, the title, Realize Your Inner Potential, was chosen by Dr. King. I want this to be, because I don't want anyone to think this is like a Richard Lawrence book. It's not. It's a Dr. George King book. I was privileged to co-author it, but it's his book. And he chose the title. And it's a, a key word, really, realize. Um, so, I mean, that really, you could say, is the whole motivation behind the book. I mean, realize your inner potential so that you can give the light mm. to others. You know, it's a path of service, not development just for development's sake, but develop to serve, become more enlightened so that you can enlighten others more. It's, it's a theme you find also in, in a slightly different way in the 12 blessings, you know, find peace, then leave it and give it to others. Um, but this practice, I mean, and, and if you want to take up the path of service and having done it for a while and, you know, I've got much to learn and a long way to go, but I can honestly say you will need, you absolutely, you not, you might need, you'll certainly need a, a spiritual, an active spiritual inner life to keep you going, really, to keep you motivated, to keep you focused, to keep you, in certain cases, even on the straight and narrow. It's, uh, it's an essential thing, the inner life, because in the end, and this is what the Master of Theorists, I think, is saying, you know, the outer has got to be a, a reflection of the inner. And so your motive is to serve. That's the difference. But you still need to reach inwards to the light there. Yeah, it's another example, isn't it, Richard, of this shift that you were talking about from the yogas mm. to the king yoga. It's, uh, mm. You know, what happened in the past if people reached inwards and found enlightenment, but now the shift mm. is 
towards mm. giving it to others through service. Yes. Yeah, what I, what so I love next, about it is the alignment. Sorry. sorry. No, I was going to say the alignment, you know, between those two, the service and the going within. There's yes. no sort of yes. difference, not either or. They are both the same because you're doing both ultimately for service. And if you think right. of the sort of the ultimate states of consciousness upon earth, something else I was thinking about today when preparing for this program, um, you know, what do you realize in those? We're told by all the great masters, teachers and so on, you realize oneness with all life. And if you realize oneness with all life, what is the logic then of developing yourself to the exclusion of others? Because you're just as much a part of them as you are of yourself in, in a way, in the highest state, you are, you are one with them. You're certainly as much a part of them as you are of, of, of somebody down the road or so, a member of your family. Or All life is one. And the only way you can really express that, demonstrate that, I think, is through service. You know, and, and even right. with the very, very highest states, one thing that King Yoga has taught us, which you won't necessarily find in some of the great teachings of the past, is that even those highest states you, you leave, you detach from. Even nirvana is no longer forever. You know, you, 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 you have to come down, you, you, you enter it, but you leave it in order to serve. But you still have to enter it, because when you do leave it, you can serve so much more effectively. Absolutely. The next quote, Richard, is... is um is, I love it because it's um, by our master, of course. It's mm. just so short, but it has so much truth in just a few words. And I'm, mm. I will begin by just saying that the one thing that's probably prized above all on this planet is freedom. Uh, but mm. what does freedom mean? And this, I, I'll read this quote now by Dr. George King. It is mm. wisdom that sets a man free, nothing else. Yes. Do you want to comment on that, Chrissy? Because I've done a lot of the commenting. Well, why don't you comment on that? No, I'm, I mean, it's, it sort of boils it down to, to, to one thing. I mean, people have such, I think, erroneous ideas of what freedom is. And in fact, mm -hmm. quite often what they're talking about is indulging their free will, which is so yes. different from freedom, to yes. do exactly what they want, when they want, as they want. And that mm. is man, generally man's definition of freedom, uh, but mm -hmm. it isn't at all. And no. the only thing no. is, our master says that truly sets us free is, is wisdom. And I, I yes. mean, it kind of sums it up in, in just a few words, this, this yes. thing that we prize so greatly on this earth, but strangely enough, on the whole, we don't have a clue what it is. <laughs> um, no, very true, very true. And the next uh, quote uh, is by Mars Sector 6. Uh, when the base physical vehicle is worn out, the intelligence has to disengage itself from this worn-out garment. And from there, it passes on to that realm which it has deserved by its action. Yes, by its action. That's a very key point. Because if you, even if you look back to sort of the Tibetan Book of the Dead and in a way parts of the Egyptian Book of the Dead, which is a bit of a, you know, a hodgepodge of things in a way. Right. But right. the concepts that you often have, it's to do with, you know, your, and, and there's some truth in this, it's to do with your state of mind and your state of consciousness at the time and so on, which it is to a large degree. But in the end, it's your action that, that determines your karma and where you go. What One point, actually, Chrissy, I was going to make is that it's my belief, I'm just putting that as my belief, that this book is readily available on certain other realms. In some form. Really? I don't know exactly in what form. But this set of exercises right. and this set of practices uh, would be, I would think, the, on most realms, if they could get it anyway, the most useful um, set of collection of practices they could could get hold of, with the exception of, of the 12 blessings, of course, which is the greatest spiritual practice we can perform, really, in these days. But that aside, uh, I do believe that it's... Uh, I'm, not, I'm certainly not saying it's on the highest realm. Um, uh, well, it, it probably may be, but I'm not saying there isn't anything else there as well. But in terms of the other realms, I would say you'd have to go a long way and very high to get a better source of practices than this. 
Yes, absolutely. Mm. A fantastic thought, yeah, absolutely. Mm. It seems very, very logical that that would be the case. <laughs> Shall I read the next one, Richard? Please Bye. do. Please do. Dr. George King, the difference between the advanced person and the ordinary person is that the ordinary person is a conscious individual, whereas the advanced person is a superconscious individual. Yes, that's uh, once again, you know, it's um, it's putting it down, as you say, very, very simply. Um, and of course, and a thing I'd throw, add into that is I do think advanced, an advanced person on this physical realm is not really understood. Uh, certainly in their lifetime, it's rarely that they are appreciated or understood in their lifetime. I mean, I would certainly include in that Dr. King himself, other than a few followers. Um, it, you know, this is very common and often happens. And I think this is one of the reasons why, because people work on this realm, on the whole, is driven by the conscious mind. And you need yeah. super conscious perception to appreciate a highly inspired individual. And this is this has beset certain creative people through history, certain pioneers of important spiritual changes through history. Um, they haven't been understood because they are connecting with a superconscious um, aspect of themselves. Later on, it can get might be explained and understandable to people's conscious mind, but at the time, it isn't. And, um, you know, they, so they may not appear to be more advanced to most people, mm. but they are. And I think the beauty of this teaching of having a superconscious mind, the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious, is that uh, everybody has it, and maybe not yet uh, developed, but most people don't even realize that they do have this superconscious aspect which is mm. latent with all of us. And once we, I think once we realize we have it, and if we read this book, it will give us great encouragement um, in that respect. Once we realize mm. that and begin to develop it, then we will get proof that we have it because yep. it will start to open and um, you know, release its great magic to us in different ways. Indeed, I'm glad you mentioned proof because that's one thing a beauty of this book, I think, is that those exercises will work. And if you use them in your life, you will experience things. And you'll find that, you know, some of the guidelines that you're given uh, as to what you're going likely to experience do happen, as well as other things can happen. And so that you know from experience, not from theory nor belief, but experience, that yeah. this is real. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the next, uh, continuing with this, with this, with the thought, sorry, and Dr. Mm -hmm. George King, another quotation. One of the first manifestations of superconsciousness is clairvoyance. Definitely one for you, Richard. Yes. Well, I think this an illustration of, of the points we were making there. Really, of course, clairvoyance doesn't mean you got you're going to be a medium or necessarily or a practicing psychic. Not at all. It might mean, uh, and I think there I'm t I'm taking clairvoyance in the widest sense, not the technical sense of just purely psychic vision. I think he, what he means is psychic abilities or psychic awareness in general which could be, I mean, I've come across people, for example, and I haven't done this myself, who've done the violet flame practice and they've smelt it. I haven't come across many, but I've come across a couple and mm. they smell it particularly, and it's the same smell or type of perfume again when they do it again. Uh, I mean, I could, we could give reams of examples. People who do dynamic prayer, they feel it. It's a, it's a clairsentient in that case. They feel the energy. It's a tangible thing in so many ways. Uh, as healers can feel the heat, the heat, the, actually their hands can even get physically hotter. You may have visions. I mean, I've come across just two people in the last week who've had beautiful visions of Dr. King. Really? Uh, yes, and I believe both of them. Um, you, you can have all forms of clairvoyance. In my case, as people know, it's very often clairaudience, psychic hearing. Uh, it can be clairsentience, which is just purely... I, I'm sorry, I was wrong there when I said clairsentience. That was touch I was talking about. Clairsentience is where you feel things. So you can 
pick up people's thoughts and if you're a healer that can be very useful or feelings or vibrations you, you you become more sensitive to an atmosphere i could just list off reams and reams of the types of experience you start to have which as dr king says they are the, some of the first manifestations of superconsciousness. and of course in in the tibetan tradition just to name one they used to regard some of those things like the manifestation of a dakini or whatever it might be as signs to give people faith on that this is real they didn't suggest people dwelt on these things you know if you're praying and you're having a vision you should carry on praying and then later you can always come back to your vision um you know i'm getting people are talking to me about things they're experiencing very regularly and i always say that you know um stay with the practice you're meant to be doing but you can come back later to that so that you you gain some control over it and that's one of the things dr king is so brilliant at is helping people to switch this on and off and control it which is very important in the early stages but there's no doubt i have no doubt that in the widest possible sense you'll have experiences of of a, of a spiritual or psychic nature of one kind or another if you really set out intensively and practice king yoga isn't it so encouraging to know that when that happens and i absolutely know that if someone was to read the book and practice the practices they would get that mm. it's so encouraging mm. to know that that is the superconscious becoming more yeah. active as the master said yeah. so the next wonderful mm. quote is again by dr george king prana is the life of the atom and the vitality of the most elevated inspiration of the enlightened saint. Wonderful. Yes, absolutely. That's, I think, a very early writing by Dr. King, actually, that's, that, that's um, in the book. And, of course, he really understood prana. He understood prana like very, very few masters have ever understood it. Um, he really understood karma, of course, more than anything, you might say, but prana also and the energy of life, as it were. And that's just a wonderful, poetic, really, way of saying it. Yes. I'll continue the next quote again, Dr. George King. You send out power, and more power still comes back. You send out more power still, and even more power still comes back. That's so Dr. King, isn't it? That's such a hallmark of him. Very simple extremely simple um and i i think really um, and we will probably go into this more but dynamic prayer and this isn't the only way you can send out power because you can send out power through mantra uh, and 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 healing but dynamic prayer in a way to me and this is just an opinion i'm giving is in a way the sig- a signature practice let me put it that way in the book of dr king's because right. That really is the thing that's going to change the world. That's where you're really sending energy out to others and all life and making a big impact. And there he says, you send out power and, the more, and more power still comes back. And interestingly, of course, when that power comes back, it must change you. So here's a, yeah. an absolute living example of service and spiritual development happening at one and the same time. Yours trying to send out power for the benefit of others. By karmic law, the power must come back to you. What, you, what goes around must come around. As you sow, so shall you reap. It comes back. Then, of course, you're changed by that. But you can then send out more. And then even more power still comes back. So you have the opposite to a vicious circle, whatever, a virtuous circle. Yes, very, very good point. Thank you, Richard. (laughs) And again, on the topic of dynamic prayer, the next quote, Dr. George King says, dynamic prayer must surely be a spiritual song coming from deep within. It's beautiful, isn't it? I think that's one for you to comment on, Chrissy, because you're you're such a a prayer person. Oh. Would you like to comment on that? One one thing I remember Dr. King said that there are two forms of sending out love into the world. One is a a beautiful uh, way of doing so, um, uh, but the other is a more dynamic way of of prayer, which he taught us how to to practice in the Assyria society. And he said, Mm -hmm. but of the two, the beautiful, soulful prayer, and dynamic prayer is also very soulful, I'm not saying it isn't, but of the Mm. two, he said that dynamic prayer is what's really needed in these days. Yes, you remember that, yes. 
It's the secret the, the, the world needs, I think he said. It's the secret, yeah. So at the, in these I mean, days or at this time, yeah. Yeah, at this time. Mm, mm. The next quotation is, of course, the motto of the Ethereum Society by Mars Sector 6, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Yes, I've come to realize that that which is our motto, as you say, um, has far more meaning than, than uh, perhaps one it, it seems to at first sight. Because you, if, what it really means, it, it's very profound, is that everything you do or accomplish in your private life, your working life, your creative life, your philanthropic life, if you have one, your spiritual life, which hopefully you do have, but in any area, the only element which really shines out, the jewel, is the service you perform. All the rest is rock, is stone. It's service that counts. It's service that has real value, real beauty, real power. Uh, and even if you applied it to the yogas, nani yoga might give you great um, logical abilities, bhakti, great devotion, great love, raja yoga, great realizations all which could be great attainments, but the only aspect of those attainments, and there would be a big aspect of them if they were applied, would be the element of service. Even within the other yogas, the only element which is the real jewel, which really shines out, is transformed from rock into jewel. That, that's uh, quite an ex amazing aphorism. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Yes, absolutely. And the next part continues from there by Mars Sector 6, when he says, Serve and the mighty power of Kundalini will rise in natural, unforced fashion and open the chakra jewels in your higher bodies. In will pour inspiration, and you will be standing on the verge of the initiation into adeptship. I think that's very interesting really that one uh, it's beautiful it's encouraging the nine freedoms as a whole is encouraging and the whole of the third freedom as some listeners will know is in realize you're in the potential which is another thing uh, makes it a, a very special book and a great privilege to be an author of that book um, but this quote that you've just read explains how advancement rather than as a theory in if you like in a practical technical way must manifest in the person who serves um, because this force, this force of Kundalini will start to rise. And if you think about it, it really it must do because the higher self, the soul of you, if you like, is crying out for you to serve. And when you do serve, right. you're unblocking um, the, you know, any blockages power blockages, prana blockages, whatever they are within you, between you and your highest aspect. And so therefore it can flow quite naturally. It's not as though the fact that the power of kundalini doesn't rise naturally in an unforced fashion in most of us human beings isn't because it, that's, you know, not, that's, that's not meant to rise. It's that we block it through our various forms of behavior and, and thought pattern. The, the behavior and thought pattern and the love which manifests through service unblocks those for the, 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 the forces and, and opens up the chakras and of course the higher chakras attract because they're becoming more active magnetically attract this power and so it just must flow quite naturally and then as he, as he says in will pour inspiration and this, I think, is key here. You'll be standing on the verge of the initiation into adeptship. He doesn't say you will become an adept. Uh, right. I take this quite literally. You'll be standing on the verge, which is telling us that's fantastic, but there's something else you have to do. And it's my yeah. belief, and I haven't done this because I'm much too lowly a person to have done this, but it's my belief that the answer would be found in realize you're in a potential at that stage. That plus what you'll already know through your enlightenment and the exercises in Realize You're in a Potential and the guidelines in there, when the person is ready, I think would take them over the verge. But that is yet to be proven by somebody. Very interesting. Thank you, Richard. And hmm. once again, I think Mars X6, as we've, as we've mentioned before, he can explain a whole 
concept in, in just a few amazing words, and he really does here. Very true, very true. And the next quote um, is Dr. George King. Interesting. This is the question you must ask yourself. How far do I want to go? If the answer is, as far as I possibly can in this life, then no sex indulgent whatsoever. If the answer is, well, I just want to get a bit better than I am now, then strict moderation. This is something you must answer for yourselves. Yes, Chrissy, I, I felt that it would be completely unfair on our master not to include his real views on this matter. I mean, yeah. I don't feel very qualified to pontificate on it at all. I haven't lived that for most of you know, my adult life. Um, um, so, you know, I don't set myself up as any kind of a, a role model in this respect at all, but it is his teaching, and it may relate to the, what we were just saying about being on the verge of the initiation and some of the things you would then have to do to really go, as it were, all the way. And the Master was very clear on this. Dr. King was very, very clear on it. He did it himself. It's my belief that he was actually a virgin. I, I don't believe that he had sex at all in his life. He lived a celibate life in strict control, not in any way suppressed, but was, as you know, Chrissy, a very, very open-minded person. He wasn't a prude, the opposite to a prude. Uh, but it's, it's advice for people to consider. He doesn't tell you what you have to do. It's a personal choice to be made at the right time by those who choose to make it. Yes, exactly. Very helpful, I think, very balanced, as you mm. say. The next quote, is, we have two more. We can fit them in, I think. Uh, Master Sirius, your spiritual exercises will help you. You are told that you will have certain experiences of a spiritual nature, and you do so. You would normally need to live thousands of years in order to gain this evolutionary advancement. That's quite amazing, isn't it? Thousands of years um, to gain this evolutionary yes. advancement. Um, I, I think, really, that really feeds back to something we were saying earlier, but that, that people who do these exercises will have certain experience of a spiritual nature, and that's the way to test the book, really. Um, and sometimes it will be ones that you were told about. Sometimes you'll have other kinds of experiences. Most of them are, are probably inspiring and enlightening. Some might be testing and disturbing. It will depend. You have to just take this sort of detached, controlled view, note it, move on, learn from it. But this statement, you would need to live thousands of years. Again, it shows you could have two people apparently very very similar people and one of them is just going through life a, a year at a time another year and the other one is racing through their evolution because they have a spiritual life they are conducting these practices having these experiences opening up themselves up to to awareness that otherwise might have only come through lives of difficulty or, or a testing experience more and more when you read these uh, quotations, you realize what an absolute gem this book is. And everybody listening really has to get a copy. Yes. And I'd just like to end with this last uh, quotation from Mars Sector 6. The potential is lying dormant within you. Realize it. That could have been written for the book, couldn't it, Chrissy? Yes. Really? Yeah, I didn't find it until some time after the book. Uh, in fact, just before the third edition. And I thought those are the last words in the book. And really, I think they've got to be the last words, you know, in this interview. Because Mars said to Six, as we've said before, he's a lord of karma, a great being. And when he gives a teaching in a way, it could also be taken as a commandment. So the potential is lying dormant within you. Realize it. Realize it. <laughs> And the book will teach you exactly how to do that. Thank you Thank so you, much, Chrissy, Richard, for a wonderful much. interview. Thank you. And the book is available at uh, Aetherius.org. And if you tune in and, and contact uh, Richard or um, myself or the Aetherius Society, then we will be doing, I believe, classes on King Yoga we next will. year. Yeah, absolutely. So do contact us about details. Over to Nikki.
Do we have Nikki? I can't hear her. Can you hear her, Chrissy? Hello, Nikki. Do you have any closing words? I think there's a technical hitch here, Richard. Okay, well, I think we'll have to round up. I think we've already had our announcements, so thank you all very much, and thank you, Chrissy, for your very uh, helpful interview. Well, thank you for a wonderful interview and for co-authoring the book.